Tonight on Rogue Padron. Don't fire on the wraiths. They may cry. The real Lieutenant Ketch. Warlord Gabor's five-point plan to ruling the galaxy. Oh, that first one is like me. <laughs> Don't fire on Danny. He might cry. Except what's the opposite of cry? Mm, Fly. <laughs> Please fire on Danny. He doesn't want to live anymore. Mm. <laughs> Come on. We haven't even had the intro music yet. <laughs> This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Welcome to Season 7, Mission 4 of Rogue Padron. Tonight we'll be discussing X-Wing Solo Command, Chapters 10 through 12, which are a doozy. Uh, But before that, quick reminder of your hosts. Once I find the little notebook that I put the host intros in, here it is. (laughs) It has a panda butt on it. (laughs) That's fitting. (laughs) All right. Oh, gosh. If Seth, Rogue Seven, was an excuse to get out of plans, it would be, sorry, I have a podcast, because she does so many, we honestly have no idea if it's true or not. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> I've used that before to get out of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we have slightly larger Danny, Rogue Three, <laughs> who would say Wait, that- Wait, that's kind of offensive. <laughs> yeah, rude. <laughs> It would be, oh, my dog is sick, because we all value Elliot's well-being more than our own. (laughs) I've definitely used that excuse before. (laughs) Two for two. (laughs) Then, of course, there's slightly smaller Heath, Rogue Six, who would say, sorry, I have work tonight, because I'm pretty sure he has so many jobs that I couldn't actually tell if he was at work or not. Also have used that before. So <laughs> Most of the time it's true. Too well. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would say, sorry, I forgot I double booked because everyone thinks I do a lot of cool things, but really I just stay in by myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 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 Well, speaking of everyone thinking that we're cool when actually we're lame. I have Do you have a, a question about the hot solo movie? I have a question about <laughs> Yeah, that one actually works, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh such a good burn. I have a question about the untitled Han Solo film slated for finger quotes May twenty eighteen release. Um, that's really soon. <laughs> yeah. Really soon for this film to... to still be untitulated if it's releasing in <laughs> nine months. And still filming. Like Last or um, Force Awakens and Rogue One and Last Jedi all wrapped up filming like way earlier than this. This is this is weird. And speaking well, like, of the fact that it's still filming, the date, uh, what what was that? I think if they were gonna delay the date, they would have done it when they kicked out the directors. Yeah, yeah. like they they kind of have to stick with it now. They've they missed their chance. Yeah, Richie Cunningham really has to pull it out of the bag on this one. 
I don't know what that means. Oh my god. Oh my god. Danny Richie Dennis. Cunningham was Ron uh, Howard's character on Happy Days. Okay. <laughs> Heath, you do Dude. not get to shame me for not getting a reference. <laughs> that one I do, because I got that one. <laughs> I understood that reference, Captain America. <laughs> anyway, wait, the latest. Wait, oh. I just want to. I'm sorry, I just want to don't put this in the podcast, but I just linked my help mail with my Gmail account. And, and you... and you Definitely like, do not edit this out. No, no, a new label just popped into it. And I'm, it's called oh, Dick wow. Receipts. And there's nothing... <laughs> Seth, what are you purchasing? I don't know what it is. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I just had to do that. I will definitely edit this out for sure. <laughs> oh no, no, I know what it is. It's that it was that wow. dick was <laughs> to people intoxication. Oh, okay. Oh, like not receipts about purchases, receipts to like Yeah. Blackmail That really Proof. worried me for yeah. a moment there. Okay. Yeah. Since I'm not editing this out, you need to stop saying the D word. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have exceeded our chopper bleep limit for the episode. So, uh, just no, like I don't this podcast, <laughs> the Han Solo sorry, movie please, is please. clearly just in utter chaos right now. Correct. The latest news from yesterday was that due to his inability to come to reshoots, Michael Kenneth Williams, who was playing a character in the movie, has just been cut out of the movie. You can't make the reshoots? Fine, we'll just cut you out. Oh my gosh! Also revealed in his interview in which he revealed this, we also found out that the character he was going to play was half animal, half human. Okay, into that. So... I'm not, since Discuss. I rarely see people of color in Star Wars. They should be playing people of color in Star Wars. That's very yeah. true. But I, I was hoping that it was just like him with some like bunny ears on. <laughs> okay. Then that, that, yeah. I'd be, right? I'd like, that I'm super into. <laughs> was there a question, Danny? Yeah. Did you... <laughs> Did you ask something, or I just, are we just are we just reacting to that, to that news? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's it. That's the that's the latest news from the Han Solo film. <laughs> Do with it as you will. I'm kind of like I'm kind of sad that we've lost a half human, half animal character. Right. That I seems mean, it's fun. One of those things that sucks when you think about what the character might have been, but also. If it was, like, I feel like on a project like this, you always factor in, like, some kinds of reshoots. So I think him, like, not being available for reshoots tells us two things. One, his character is really, really minor, like, not involved too much. And two, the reshoots are probably very, very extensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. And by probably, I mean you're it's like, definitely right. <laughs> makes sense given that they brought on a new director. Like obviously, he's gonna want to do a lot of new stuff that they hadn't necessarily planned on. So yeah, and, makes and sense. I think given like given how regular or how just normal reshoots are for big budget films, yeah, the fact that like you said, he didn't factor that into his plans means that it was a very small part to begin. Yeah, with. and like 
he may have factored in reshoots, but not like weeks and weeks and weeks of reshoots, which right. like gets to the fact that like they're doing more more of an overhaul than one would normally do on a motion picture. So who's excited for the Han Solo film? I'm excited mm. for Lando, but I don't really care about the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. <laughs> I just love Lando so much. Jerry's out. Jerry's <laughs> <laughs> Jury, still out for me. For real, <laughs> what though, what, what do we place the over-under at uh, of this actually appearing in May 2018? Oh. I think, it, I think they're going to try their best to make it do it, because I feel like they would have delayed it when they changed directors if they were planning on it. But, I mean, I want it to be delayed, because I like the December releases, so I guess we'll see. I think it'll still be May and that it will suffer for still being May. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I think they should move to December and take some time to get it right. I think they're going to be a little stubborn about it and not move to December. It could be weird having two Star Wars movies within a few months of each other. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> Wait, so... Oh, because of this December and then May. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and I, I think they have episode nine still slated for May, and I, I think that's what they're really set on is like ending this current trilogy with a summer release. So I but think that's what winter. they're no, um, no, it's not. No, no it's just winter <laughs> not, here. Not Sorry. in the Americas. <laughs> They've all been summer releases here. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> buddy. So. I think what they're really concerned about with the push to December would be having that having it be too close to episode nine. Like I think they want to give episode nine a lot of room to breathe and I think they want to keep it in May. That's my theory. Yeah, that makes sense. Great. As you can tell we have so many thoughts about the Han Solo film <laughs> and all of its so untitulated glory. <laughs> so <laughs> So untitulated. All right. Now something we do care about. Let's talk about Rogue Padre. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So in chapter 10, remember that we are on Kidra 5 with the Millennium Falsehood. So the Kidra 5 police cruiser cannot believe it's an X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon. Taiko and Wedge blow past him, having Chewie growl a few insults into the comms to make it more realistic that it's Han Solo out partying. Remember how they're flying a ship called the Millennium Falsehood? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) The Falsehood flies closer to the city to make sure they've been spotted. They see Kel and Drake's squadron on their sensor boards, as well as incoming Kidriff security. Control instructs Kel to stop their pursuit. And Kel says they want to evaluate the Kidriff pilots, but they say it's an internal matter and force them to stand down or else they'll also be labeled as hostile. Wedge sees a second squadron of ties coming up from the base, and Falsehood gets hit with a long-distance shot. He gives Tycho permission to engage, and Chewie has controls as he gets to the aft gun port. Drake's squadron starts to engage some of the ties, tricking them by acting like they're not as fast and maneuverable as they are, because remember, they're supposed to have hyperdrive units. Tarragon comes around to vape an unexpected tie because he has broken to port when Kel obviously went to starboard, leaving his rear completely uncovered. And Kel is going to have some choice words later. 
So what's up with the naming conventions of the squadrons here? Because in the in the new canon, they all seem to be colors. Green squadron and blue squadron and corona squadron. But we're getting, like, Drake yeah. squadron and polearm squadron. Like, what is... <laughs> well, Drake was, like, from? their Im imperial squadron, right? Yeah, like, Drake is their one. fake imperial. Why? Because Drake on my cell phone. See, I was, <laughs> I was going a different way and thinking that it was a male duck. Yeah. Because ducks are real in the Star Wars Legends verse. Danny, oh. I guarantee you you are the only person to have read this book <laughs> and see the word Drake <laughs> and be like, duck. male duck. Male <laughs> duck. <laughs> I didn't know until just now that that's what a male duck is called. <laughs> and I knew that because of Darkwing Duck and his name is Drake Mallard. See. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. Anyway. Darkwing Duck. Watch out. <laughs> when there's trouble you gotta call DW anyway <laughs> oh we have such millennial gusto <laughs> we sure do <laughs> um I just isn't a drake like also some terrifying mythological creature I don't know but I, now I would like also to think a that... rapper from Toronto which is the only thing I could think of <laughs> Like, I would like to think it's Jimmy from Degrassi. So. <laughs> you used to call me on my cell phone. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. Great. I'm glad we voice. came to a clear consensus on where Drake Squadron came from. <laughs> I mean, where did Pole Arms Squadron Well, that was where my question started. <laughs> Maybe they got Pole Arms. I don't know. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> that. That's Maybe. the logical conclusion. <laughs> Obviously named after Lieutenant Ketch and his prosthetics to reach the tie controls. Obviously. Obviously. No, I don't I don't know, Danny. What happens? Why is any of this true? <laughs> it's not, Meg. <laughs> Isn't it? All right. So then... I mean, it was never true because it's science fiction, but now it's especially not true because it's science fiction that doesn't count anymore. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, what? The falsehood, Tycho, and the Drakes make it out of the atmosphere. <laughs> it's a great but band the name. <laughs> <laughs> the falsehood, Tycho, and the Drakes. <laughs> but the ties are still coming and the falsehood shields are twitchy. Thankfully, they are met by the Rogues and the Wraiths, led by Cornhorn, a pilot. Another great band name. <laughs> Cornhorn, a pilot. <laughs> the Rogues like and the it. Wraiths, led by Cornhorn, a pilot. <laughs> if I ever form a band, I'm just going to like go through these books to try to find a band name, because there are so many good ones. So many. <laughs> so many. Most of the Rogues and Wraiths so open fire into the oh, clouds man. of ties. Not the Interceptors, of course, because that's their friends. But Face and Laura hang back. Laura is confused until she sees the ties that are forced to break away from the group, and Face finally starts a pursuit. They take out the outliers, but Face still doesn't go into the main firefight. Tyria is feeling the force today, but still it's the experienced rogues who are handling the battle. Corrin and Oral, finally Oral, <laughs> maneuvering Oral. so fast. And precisely to take out enemies in seconds. I hope he has like 12 new superpowers. 
Newbie rogues Target New and Kether are hung up in the battle and need help. Face instructs Target to fly out where he is and stay up outside the battle with Lara while he takes this place as Kether's wingman. Lara doesn't object, but she's starting to worry there's more to Face's strategy than just caution. Hang on. Do we have a gunner named Target? Is that really happening? Yeah, so Target, which is in quotation marks because that's a nickname, Target New is a Rodian rogue pilot. So we have a new pilot named Mm -hmm. Target New. (laughs) Okay, just making sure I understand what's (laughs) happening here. You got it. You got it. Good compre- good reading comprehension, Danny. <laughs> After seven of the ties are destroyed, they are finally ordered to return to base. The X-Wings form up on the falsehood, but Face and Lara still keep their distance. When Wedge orders them to do their hyperspace jump, Face says that he and Wraith 2, Lara, need to do a separate one. He explains it to Wedge over a private channel. Lara's worry turns into fear. He would only keep them at a separate hyperspace jump to protect the rest of them, and she's a pretty good idea who Face is protecting them from. Uh. When Face <laughs> when Face comes back to ask her if she's checked her nav course, Laura tears off the band-aid and asks if he knows. He responds that he knows that she's Gara Pedophel. She is obviously in pain, but she's also relieved. She promises Face she never betrayed them, that she's tried so hard to just be Lara. Face tells her that he has to take her under arrest pending investigation, and she complies with his orders to power down weapons. Face effin hates this. He hoped that he was wrong, but Lara confirmed it. To make matters worse, he checks his comms and realizes their conversation was on the Squadron channel, not a private one. That was the moment when my stomach dropped. Rookie mistake. Yeah, yeah it's just like, come on. Also, sadness. Also, this is not going to end well. Yeah. Pain. It, it takes Min a moment to understand what he just heard, to remember who Gar Pedithel is and why she's important to him. When he does, he's transported back to Graven 3, back to his pilots dying. He lets out a howl and pilots towards Face and Lara. Min doesn't turn back at Wedge's command, and Face instructs Lara, and they turn and flee. Tyria turns and has Min in her sights, begging him not to do this. Min can't close the distance between their X-Wings, and Face gets in between them and Lara to protect her. He instructs Tyria not to fire, because he's not brainwashed like the other pilots have been. Min fires a proton torpedo. Face orders him multiple times to detonate it prematurely, because he's the primary target, but Face is hit. Thankfully, he's still alive, but he has no idea for how long. After Face's hit, Min snaps out of whatever he was in, apologizing for what he just did. He offers to do a flyby to check the damage of Face's X-Wing, but Tycho stops him, promising if he deviates from his course, he'll blow him out of the sky. Tyria does a flyby instead, and he's holding together for now. Wedge, Laura's, Laura's, Wedge orders Laura um, to join back up with the rest of them, but she refuses. She's already surrendered once, and she was almost killed. Wedge guarantees her safety, promises that Noir Ven will take her case, but Laura knows this is the end for her with the wraiths and that she can't have. She asks Face to believe her, even if he doesn't now, that she has never and will never betray the wraiths. Face says he understands. She asks and Min does, but he's too shocked, too torn, and doesn't answer before she jumps into hyperspace. This whole thing was so tragic. It was so <laughs> yep. heartbreaking. It was... It was- 
Worse Oof. than I thought it would be. Yeah. Y'all were like, we're going to have a sad death soon. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, uh, the scene with, um, 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 oh my gosh, the Twi'lek. Why am I blank? Dia. It's like the yeah. scene with Dia last book where it's like her pain is worse than a death would be. So yeah. worse. Yep. And yeah, just seeing men like completely lose control when he's usually just completely dead inside. Ugh. And he was doing better. Yeah. He was Min Bronos. Yeah. Yeah, he, he like embraced out. his inner bro for a while there. <laughs> he broed out. Yeah. Oh. Well, for more fun for Min, um, when they land back in Mon Ramonda, Wedge is waiting for Min at the base of his X-Wing, ang- angrier than anyone has ever seen him. He asks Min for one good reason why he shouldn't throw Min out on gross insubordination. Min thinks for a moment, refusing to look at Wedge at all, and confesses that insubordination is intentional, but what happened out there he wasn't in control of. He doesn't even remember firing on face. He admits that maybe he's never been right, considering his condition from before, and tries to resign from Wraith Squadron. Wedge doesn't accept it, of course, and asks him to think about what wraith he'd want to vape Laura in his place. Which is, oh, super rough. Yeah, Wedge is, like, yeah. an impressive, like, leader mode in this chapter. Yeah, this is where he's, like, General Antilles. Yeah. And, like, a really smart thing to say, too. Right. It's like, if anything's gonna make men take a step back, it's probably going to be that. Yeah. Lara runs to the Halmat system, knowing she can regroup and refuel at Hawkbat base. Lara Notzel is dead now, and so is Gar Pedithal. She decides to turn back into Kearney Slain, one of her super short um, identities she used on Coruscant during her training, who wasn't an important person with any purpose, but at least she was happy, attending dances, flirting with officers, and shopping. Which honestly sounds like an A-plus life. Kearney Slain. Kearney Slain. Charm signaling (laughs) she would accept a kiss. Next to face... Oh, next to face Wedge's wrath is face. He asks why it couldn't have waited until they were aboard the Mon Ramonda. And face says it was because they couldn't be sure this wasn't going to be the time she would strike if she was disloyal. Wedge asks what face's gut says, and he believes that she's never betrayed the wraiths, but face couldn't rely on it considering all the lives at stake. Wedge says that personally, he thinks face effed up. Someone who can't listen and trust his gut shouldn't be leading a union. But there is nothing inherently wrong with Face's decision. It was just made on incomplete information. He orders Face to go do what he can to help the emotional state of his pilots. It's been cool watching Face and Wedge's relationship change over this book. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that Face like started viewing Wedge as his commander, but now they're clearly like colleagues. And, right. and the fact that Wedge is able to say to him, like, you really messed this up, and Face is able to, like, not go into a spiral after hearing that, but actually, like, go make, take the steps to fix it. Right, like, so he was some... like, I I think you're right, I agree with you, and... Yeah. <laughs> you're right, that was not my best self. Oh, Face, he's all grown up. Right. Once, and I think... once characters stop becoming the main characters, they become so mature. <laughs> right, and I think it's it's a really good contrast from... 
Iron Fist, where like Face was always doing the right thing, like Face was like A plus MVP of the squadron, and now that he's leading it, he's really seeing how difficult it is, and he's coming up with like he's not perfect at this, like he's not great at it even, right? Like what he's done so far as Wraith leader um, has been really difficult and not going to any kind of plan that he has. And the fact that he's still learning and growing from it is showing that he is a good, he will be a good leader, but this is like the very beginning of it. Yeah. Anyway, I love you, Face. You're, you're doing great, sweetheart. <laughs> you're doing your best, buddy. <laughs> as soon as Face leaves Wedge's office, Min is knocking on his door. He says that his earlier decision was right. He wants to resign and starts in a speech, but Wedge stops him. Wedge puts his boot up on the table. Just his boot, not his foot, just his boot. And instructs <laughs> Min to do the same, and then put his feet up, and then say what he wants to say. <laughs> Min accuses Wedge of not taking him seriously. But the way that Wedge barks at him, and his super scary face, shows that he's taking it incredibly seriously. He doesn't want the prepared speech that Min memorized. He wants real answers and any kind of emotion. He points out that Min is dodging responsibility, even though he thinks he's doing the right thing by resigning, which Min refers it as ejecting the torpedo before the torpedo hits, which not a great comparison after what just happened, Min. <laughs> not good. Oh, so that's what she said. What? <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Min is saving himself from dealing with what the other pilots need from him, from actually making up for his actions and dealing with his problems. Wedge is going to put the incident down as accidental weapons discharge until That's further investigation. <laughs> further investigation proves to him it's not. Because Min honestly can't remember doing any of the things that he did. I wish I could get out doing bad stuff with that claim. Like, I legitimately oh, don't remember the stuff I, I do, yeah. but I, I, <laughs> people don't believe me, and they don't let me get out of it because of it. Right, you're not going to get out of a court-martialing because of that. <laughs> Whoops, I forgot that I shot my friend. Yeah, but you can always just say that you have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, true. Sorry, That's I gotta fine. go. Podcast. Um, podcast. <laughs> send it to me later. Right, I can't go out tonight. Podcast. <laughs> Let's see. This was, while we're at a break, this was, again, just Wedge at his finest. Oh, so like, good. And, like, it show, he's like that teacher that is, like, the cool teacher because he, like, thinks outside the box and, like, teaches non-traditionally. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, come on in and put your feet on my desk. And he's like, I'm not doing that. And Wedge is like, put your feet on my desk. There's a reason for this. Sit down. <laughs> put your boot on the table. There's right. an important lesson here. Right. Just do it. <laughs> Stick with me. It'll make sense soon, right. I swear. You can't lie to me when you're feeling silly, so do it right now. Yeah, I love that. Let's see. So Wedge orders men to talk to his squadron, talk to the doctors, and actually figure out what's wrong. And he's taken an off active duty until then. Min has done one thing right in this entire ordeal. He detonated the torpedo before it hit face. Right before. Which, all right. <laughs> Min doesn't remember doing it, but it's the one thing that is keeping him from being instantly thrown out. He got that close to killing Face. That is terrifying. Right. And like, Face is the best. <laughs> Ooh. And and Face really has been like respecting and supporting Min, and so that's really tough too. 
Yeah. Min asks Wedge about his question from before. He doesn't want to kill Lara, doesn't want anyone to kill Lara, and he's not even sure if he wants to see her get punished. Wedge says he asked because if they meet Lara in an engagement and he can't control himself and provokes her to fight back, another wraith may have to kill her. So who does he want to place that burden on? Obviously no one, so Min needs to get his head right. Jonas leaves looking glum, but it's better than his expressionless robot mask. He knows Min is on the edge, and he hopes that he can be brought back. Wiz, because Wiz always has to come in, enters with a data pad and notice Wedge in his socks. He wonders <laughs> aloud if he should even ask, but Wedge says not to give him a reason to find another place for his boot. <laughs> Excellent. So good. Excellent Way to wrap moment. up the chapter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Dr. Gast, in pain, forces her eyes open to a sea of pink Bacta, which I'm I was, very curious about. I I'm, I was simultaneously really excited about the pink Bacta and also just really happy that Gast is alive because I really like her so far. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> pink Bacta what? is for the, girl, the girls. <laughs> well, I Blue Bacta for the boys. Bacta is just like a super weak form like the third fourth fifth like refined levels to where it doesn't work great so you can use it on like prisoners of war to keep them alive but it doesn't like really do that much it doesn't really help you with the pain like why why waste expensive like prime grade back to on dr guest that's a good theory. Okay, that's fair. That's better yeah. than my the Empire following strict gender binary rules. Well, it's not the Empire, because surprise, as she floats to the top, she meets Noir Ven. Surprise! Oh, hey! And he makes her a final offer of half a million credits, a new identity, which will be easy because only three people know she's alive, an immunity from any crimes confessed as long as she cooperates and gives information, especially the chemical marker to prove who has been brainwashed by Warlord Gabor. He's a good lawyer. He's so good. Also, I love him so much. I'm loving the low-key trashy romance happening here. Is, is that what that is? Wait, what? It's, yeah, I don't... It's I super low-key. You might not have that. even noticed it. It's so low-key, it's not even there. So low-key so... that only Danny noticed it. It <laughs> seems to happen a lot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It's fine. All right. It's fine. It's fine. All right. It's fine. It's totally it's fine. fine. It's fine. Maybe, maybe Noir Ven will make her realize that she doesn't hate all aliens. Exactly. Ooh. In a rogue and wraith briefing, Wedge explains that they have figured out the marker, and now everyone will be tested, no matter who they are, and whenever they come back from shore leave. Unfortunately, the Twilight ban has not been lifted, but Dia will be reinstated if she wants it. She accepts, wanting her chance to fire at Warlord Gabor. They're going to continue with the falsehood plan, as well as making strafing runs at Warlord Gabor worlds, thanks to the information from Admiral Walrus. <laughs> Corin raises his hand. Thanks, Corin. He doesn't wait to be called on, but he still raises his hand. <laughs> He's That's such a nerd. A, such a Corin move. Uh, to be the guy that raises his hand but doesn't wait to be called on. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, I'm raising my hand, therefore I'm talking right now. Well, actually, I just wanted to say a question. I have two questions. Well, a question and a comment, actually. Right. <laughs> really, it's just two comments. Really, it's just two comments. It's two comments, and I'm going to ask you to respond, which is the question. Right. 
I'm going to ask you to tell me how right I am one moment. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> Corin says that Lara could have gone back to Warlord Gabor. After talking to other pilots and looking at her records, he's labeled her a situational conformist. What is he, an expert in human psychology? <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> The falsehood plan could be compromised. God, Corrin is as close to a Bothan as a human can get. <laughs> yeah. Oh he's probably like having flashbacks to Eresy right now, though. Right, he's probably like, everyone's betrayed me. Trust no women. <laughs> he, he's an expert on Eresy psychology. Oh, gosh. No, he's not, because she wanted to bang, and he's all like, oh, my dad. <laughs> Sorry, he's a self-professed expert. Just like Grinder. <laughs> Indeed. Wedge believes because that Laura in, has yeah. not and will not betray the rates and thinks the plan is still good. He says anyone who feels uncomfortable can put in for transfer from his unit through the proper channels. Which I love that he's just like, if you don't like it, you can walk out the door. Bye. I love, I love that he's still sitting up for her even though she ditched. He listens to his gut. Yeah. Unlike some people. Yeah, come on, face. <laughs> the first mission is going to be to the Belsmuth system, which I added just because I wanted to say it. It's such a good word. <laughs> it's really good. Lara lands on the Iron Fe- Iron Feast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lara lands on the Iron Fist and meets Melvar. She's taken to Warlord Gabor, where she explains why their mission... Whoops to collect her, her new old town didn't work, and she blames it on men being so in love with her, having an itchy trigger finger, and all three of them killed at his hands. She okay. had to... Sorry, go yes. ahead. She had to stay low after that. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I was just so excited because when she was greeted by Melvar, she said, I recognize your voice, General Melvar, which he has a very distinct voice, as we have determined, so I thought that was very <laughs> Yeah, fun. he sounds like a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> And she confirmed it for us. Right. I recognize your nerd voice when I brought up when I was brought up. <laughs> I'm sure that this is like at first supposed to be like, oh, she did betray them, but at no point was I like At no point did no, I think that she Yeah, yeah I was like Lara is gonna one. do some cheeky stuff and try and right. betray Wolo Gabor. Right, because yep. I mean for how yeah. like the whole point of like the her last thing in the chapter when she talked to the race was I have never and will never betray you. Yeah, and I do not doubt her for a second considering everything she's been through. Right. Which is easy for us because we've seen, like, how, like, much she's tried and all of the struggles that she's been through, like, trying to be Lara. But yeah. I definitely understand why, like, Corin or even other rates might be like, I want to believe her, but I, like, I don't know if I can. Yeah, I can absolutely understand why, like, the rogues would not believe her, considering what right. they've been through. And they, yeah, oh, absolutely. They're like, well, we've been super betrayed before, so... Not just regular betrayed. Super betrayed. Yep. Great, and especially with, like, coming off of, like, Taldira, too. Oh, it's, yeah. It's oh, actually, yeah. 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 And even, like, I mean, Eresy's been a little while back, but they're probably comparing her to Eresy, which makes me really yeah. sad. Right, because yeah. it wasn't a brainwashing, right? It was just her choice to do that. Right. Eresy was just a terrible human. 
Yes. <laughs> right. What? She's like, I just want to be rich. Queen of Bacta. What's up? I want to lead my own squadron of subpar pilots. I like Who how Aracy has suddenly become a Southern Belle. <laughs> I love it. I straight up love it. Was it because I said, what's up? Because that's not really a Southern <laughs> yeah, Just your whole thing was kind of in a very slight Southern accent. She, it sounded like she was the daughter of an oil baron. She is the daughter of an oil baron. <laughs> but it's like rich healing oil. <laughs> right. It's pink. It's it's pink healing oil. Oh my god, the pink Becta is probably hers. Oh, it's the I mean, heresy not, specific not product. Right, it's just like... I made it pink and put glitter in it. Oh my gosh. I would definitely use that Becta, though. Becta by heresy. <laughs> <laughs> worst there's <laughs> your photoshop assignment for the week Heath <laughs> thank you always always and forever alright Warlord Gabor offers her a strategist position aboard the Iron Fist at the rank of lieutenant she accepts eagerly and asks if she can keep her X-Wing and R2 unit as a souvenir and it's alright with them Warlord Gabor of course doesn't trust her that's the Japanese word for souvenir. I never know how to spell souvenir, so I always just use the Japanese one. <laughs> That's really That's funny. fair. <laughs> souvenir is a stupid word to spell. Yeah. So I in the show that. notes, for those who can't read it, I wrote omiyage, which omiyage. is the Japanese for a souvenir, because I, I never know how to spell the actual French word um, that the English, that the Americans use. So. <laughs> hey, I spelled it right. Proud of you. I will <laughs> I never get that right. <laughs> Melvar will be keeping a close watch on her with the help of pasty face ensign Gatterwald. Why did they like go out of their way to describe him as that? Because they just want to show that everyone on the Iron Fist is a bunch of nerds. <laughs> That's fair. But just look at this pasty face nerd. <laughs> as he walks her to her quarters, she realizes how she's going to destroy Iron Fist in a not so sterling reveal that she hasn't betrayed the race at all whoa didn't see that coming let's see page 206 oh okay yes because <laughs> min follows wedge's advice to go talk to somebody about his feelings or not feelings which is really what the problem is i guess i guess why me jansen asked he lay on his bunk, hands behind his head, looking dubiously at his visitor. I can't go to a friend, said Donos. He sat in Jansen's chair, leaning back on its rear legs so his shoulders rested on the wall. See, he's still Bronos. <laughs> leaning back on its rear legs so his shoulders rested on the wall. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Not since he shot at the last one. Donos managed a mirthless smile. I can't go to a subordinate officer. I just feel uncomfortable. Or to a superior. Which leaves the rest of us lucky lieutenants. Pretty much. So, talk. I'm game. It's been years since I ruined the life of a fellow lieutenant. Well, mm, weeks, actually. I'm not sure where to begin. I don't know whether I'm crazy or not. I just know that before Talent Squadron was destroyed, I was a different man. Self-control and self-composure were easy. Afterward, I had to work so hard to manage everything. If I didn't, if you didn't, what? I don't know. 
I never found out. I was so good at managing everything, except for that collapse. And the other day, with Lara. So, how many times did Lara slap you? Slap me? Never. Why not? I never gave her a reason to. Right, since you became a pilot, how many times have you been picked up by military police for being drunk and belligerent? Never. But you drink, in moderation. Jansen sighed. <laughs> you see, I was operating under the assumption that you'd actually died with Talon Squadron, but it failed to notice. But I was wrong. You've been dead since before you joined Starfighter Command. Maybe longer. Maybe since you were with the Corellian Armed Forces. Donos frowned. I'd, uh, appreciate it if you'd explain that. With a single fluid move, Jansen sat upright, spun 90 degrees to his right, and set his heels on the floor. Sure, he said. It's simple. You're dead. I'm not. Let me demonstrate. He stood up on his bed, then began bouncing up and down. Did you ever do this as a kid? Of course. Did Jay ever do it as a grown-up? Of course not. You say, of course, a lot, and it's always wrong. Tell me, men, how do I look? Well, stupid. Exactly. <laughs> With an exuberant bound, Jansen leaped off his cot, smacked his head on the ceiling, and swore as he landed on the floor again. And swore as he landed on the floor again. <laughs> Crafting vape! <laughs> he rubbed his head and glared at the treacherous ceiling. When was the last time you looked stupid? Uh, I don't know. Jansen leaned in close to him. Try to understand this. I'll say it real slow. I want you to remember it for the rest of your life. You can't look dignified when you're having fun. Assuming that's true. So what? If you're not having fun, you're not enjoying your life. If you're not enjoying your life, why even bother being alive? Jansen gave an eloquent shrug. Min, I'm living on borrowed time. I've nearly been killed more times than... than... hmm... Well, more times than you've been slapped, certainly. If I wait until some imaginary distant point of my life to start enjoying it, I'll be dead before I get there. But, if I get killed tomorrow, at least I can be pretty sure that I enjoyed myself more than whoever's killing me. You understand? Not really. Suddenly deflated, Jansen sat on his bed again. Let's try it in a different way. You want to be in control so you don't foul up some horrible way. But you're so in control that you're basically a walking dead man. Since you did, you had nothing to offer Lara. You have nothing to offer Wedge. He's got plenty of dead pilots. Doesn't need another one. <laughs> so many dead pilots. Can't even count them. Most of them are smart enough to stay where we plant them, though. Oh my god, whiz. <laughs> Except for those few zombies. <laughs> Zombie Jane. <laughs> so what do you recommend? Get drunk. Get slapped. Do something you always wanted to do as a child. Especially if it's something that would humiliate the heck out of you today. If you're gonna get kicked out of Starfighter Command, make it for something you can be proud of. Something beeped in one of Jansen's pockets. He pulled it out, a comlink, and held it up to his ear to listen. He brightened. Automatic signal. The rogues in the Millennium Falsehood are back. No losses. Yes! Sorry, I have to run. I have to figure out what to Raz Wedge about. He darted for the door and was gone. Dono shook his head. I'm asking career advice from a nine-year-old. I love Wiz Jensen. <laughs> He's so much fun. <laughs> Slow clap.
Oh my god. That was That's amazing. Excellent. I was convinced I was listening to two different characters. <laughs> Ooh, I'm that glad all that training I've done in my life has been, it's been great. <laughs> You're so proud of you. Thank yeah, you. that was Thank some you. excellent capital A acting. Yeah. <laughs> Face will be proud of you, Seth. I'm so oh my god. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Wiz arrives at the falsehood as the door is open and a crate is being carried out. A crate that's slightly rocking and making some growling noises. Wedge is right behind the crate and tells Wiz he wasn't supposed to see that. It's the real Lieutenant Kitch. <laughs> On their mission. I'm so excited we're finally going to get the big reveal. Peter, finally. <laughs> On their mission, Taiko spotted an exotic pet seller. One of the animals being an Ewok, a fairly intelligent one. Although Chulku could never pilot anything, he could be taught which things to press to make it look like he knows what he's doing in a cockpit. They just have to get working on the prosthetics for him. Because Wiz witnessed the arrival, he's now part of the conspiracy and will be added to the rotation of people who will bring Cholku, aka Ketch, food. Oh, Wedge. Oh, can you imagine Tycho, though, breaking into an exotic animal cellar? Yes, I can. <laughs> Yes, I have. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everything Taiko does is just one more reason for Heath to be like, he's the oh perfect Oh my god, man. he's amazing. I mean, he everything obviously wasn't wearing his him. shirt when he did it. No, of course obviously. not. Obviously. He's undercover. He had to take his jumpsuit off. Yeah. At this point, they have to specify in the book if he is wearing a shirt. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Anything goes when it comes to, like, this this book. <laughs> Laura is in the Thai Sims against Baron Sunter Fell. He's pretty impressed with her and adds her to the list of possible 181st candidates. Pasty Ensign Gatterweld is right there as she exits, offering if they should go to the cafeteria, but she says she'll probably just turn in. She trips him, smuggling a pair of readout goggles into her pocket and limps with him back to her room, and she maintains the fake injury, knowing there have to be cameras in her room. She pretends to have trouble sleeping for a while before she asks, asks Tonin to get into the closet and brings her mattress down to the ground. She makes a show of looking for something in her closet, giving her the opportunity to plug the goggles into Tonin. She finds what she's looking for, some booze, and considers it, but ends up putting it aside for later and just tries to go back to sleep on the floor. In the security station, they take notes on Lara as Melvar checks in on them. Everything seems to be pretty normal. Back in her room, Lara slips on the goggles underneath her blanket and says a series of code words to boot up Tonin's backup memory. They talk, and she explains that she had to wipe its memory and will continue to have its memory wiped whenever anyone but her messes with the restraining bolt or tries to fiddle with it. But they, but the code will always bring back up its backup data. Can I also say that Tonin's the cutest thing in this last part this of the is, chapter? This, the whole thing was just, I loved it so much. <laughs> Tonin is just like super happy that, oh, Laura, you're back. Oh, I can help. I can do whatever you want. So cute. Yeah, the, the astromech says puppy dogs really held strong in this chapter. Super strong. <laughs> Laura explains we'll have to work together to take down Iron Fist. She has a plan that will involve Tonin doing most of the work while she's away from her quarters, and when it's probably not monitored because Warlord Gabor is a cheapo. 
She says it'll be the second most heroic unit behind R2-D2. It's so cute. Tanen, a little sweetheart, is like ready to go. And under her request, Tanen calls her Kearney when they're alone. Oh my god, this whole chapter just made me so happy. So emotional. <laughs> I love it. There are a lot of things in that chapter. The next chapter starts half an hour after Lara leaves her room in the morning. Tanen gets to work. They fix the door so they have complete control over it. It waits until a mouse droid comes by on its own and it calls it over. Tanen grabs it and brings it inside and floods it with new data. By the end of the day, Tanen has three mouse droids working for it and has started to collect the magnetic strips needed to modify them. It's going to be good. Let me just tell you. going to have an army of mouse droids. I love this <laughs> so much. So many robots. It's so good. Wedge's four squadrons and the Millennium Falsehood have been doing nonstop missions. They only have time to work, go to briefings, and sleep. In only a few weeks, they have cost Warlord Gabor more millions of credits any pilot could have ever hoped to amass in their life. I like this. Gabor. This is like the montage sequence of the book. I love it's like Time passes. <laughs> Right. And you see like the hey, scenes of Lara underneath her covers talking to her droid, and then you see like more and more mouse droids slowly accumulating. And meanwhile, in the background, like Polearm Squadron is like stealing credits from Warlord Gabor. Pew pew. Right, just blowing <laughs> up stuff. You see like Raid's hi-fi. Yeah, I had the tigers playing in the background. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so Beautiful. into it. Love montages. I'm so into it. Warlord Gabor is upset. just a little bit they are killing him he's down eight percent profit in such a short time oh my god you just made him sound like the most boring wall street (laughs) businessman i'm down eight percent in profits (laughs) melvar comes in to see him and they reflect to what he can do to now save his empire step one Retain the Iron Fist. All right. Step two, retain enough businesses to start over, which that's going to be dicey, but Melvar thinks that they can do it. Three, they they have to have time to rebuild, repair, and recover. And they're going to use the second death, that mystery box of, like, explosions, to do that. Step four, make a new plan to destroy the New Republic which they allude to Rancor Base and the Force Witches. Oh, Force Witches. Courtship of Princess Leia. (laughs) (laughs) Step five, kill Han Solo and as many of his forces as possible. Just for funsies. I'm nervous about step five, mostly. (laughs) Because step five is going to happen sooner rather than later. Although I'm very intrigued by Rancor Base. Rancor base. Rancor base. Courtship Princess Leia Padre. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. I'm so excited. Warla Gabor visits Lara at her work terminal, asking if she's reviewed the data packets he sent her that morning. She has obviously figured out that it's in regards to the Millennium Falcon and Wedge's squadrons. One, because she was there for one of like the actual data points that he gives her and so she's like I know what this is bro why are you doing this (laughs) she explains that Han is leading these missions to save face because he's made little progress actually taking care of Warlord Gabor 
and he has to do something else important, like trying to convert more people to the Republic. He's doing this because he's a worthless smuggler, and in order to keep Leia's affections, he has to do something useful for the New Republic. Oh, Han. Oh, Han. The sad part is, it's that's only half true. <laughs> like, Ooh. is that like, yeah, this is actually their scheme and their plan to like draw out Ruler Gabor, but also he does actually think he's worthless and he needs to do something to like prove to Leia he's worthwhile. Oh, Han. Buddy. She figures out the additional pattern to who they hit involves worlds that used to have trade routes with Alderaan. Alderanian survivors are more likely to know Leia and lean toward their cause. And it makes Han look extra good if he goes and makes, like, good friends with other Alderanians. She gives Warlord Gabor two locations they will probably show up next, Comkin and Vahaba Asteroid Belt. They still don't trust her, not sure if this information she has always had or if it's a trap set up. So they're going to send half the fleet to Vahaba and the other will personally be escorted to Comkin. In a storage room, I guess, Min builds some weird contraption from garbage and tries to write it. You know, to just have some fun. <laughs> Wiz catches him and suggests he go down to engineering to show it off. And Min says later, right now he has somewhere to be. Hmm, Wedge then pops out of the crates, scaring Wiz half to death. It's Wiz's first time feeding Ketch, and Wedge is showing him how. Only when they get to his cage, it's empty. Ketch has obviously gone loose. Oh no! Okay, quick check in. Who? Who? What were? What were we all thinking at this point? I was just like, what is even happening right now? <laughs> Everything up to this point has been weird. I've Correct. been reading a lot of Stephen King, so I was ready for it to just like turn into a full-on horror film. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately thought it was Kitsch. Yeah, I did too. I had that too as well. Yeah, I was like... Only because it was Wedge. Yeah. Like, like any I other pilots, I would have been like, I'll oh, prank time. But Wedge, I was like, he does not have time for shenanigans these days. Well, because, like, Wedge even said that, like, only a few people can actually know about Ketch being there or something. I was like, oh, no, the plan's going to be totally blown by Ketch escaping. Yeah. Right, that, like, he's going to run into, like, General Solo or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine just this little Ewok running up to Han and being like, oh, the hero from our village, and, like, hugging him? Aww. Plus. Anyway. Wedge and Wiz hear the patter-patter of footsteps and chase after it. Bringing the Ewok food, which is like fruit and compost? I don't know. Yes, because Ewoks are vegetarians, sure. They sure aren't. Just rub some raw meat on yourself. <laughs> they Wait, run that's, into that's my pickup line for Tycho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He, they run into that's him. weird, but not because of the Tycho part. <laughs> is it the the raw <laughs> meat part? Anyway, just just go on. Oh gosh! I'll just speed right past this. <laughs> into a oh, you're not talking about a steak, are you? Nope. No, sure aren't. Nope. Um, they got t- onto that one. That took me way too long. Oh, that's also what she said. Where they tip over a bunch of cleaning solution onto themselves. Now Catch will be able to smell them from a mile away. There's no time to go for help. So Wiz instructs Wiz to strip. They rub the Ewok food over themselves to cover up the solution smell. 
and he has Wiz take one hall and goes off to cover the other. Of which I like that Wiz actually stops to ask, like, do you really think he's going to approach a naked dude covered in Ewok food? <laughs> and I know Wiz, that Wiz just, like, takes it. He's just like, hey, we're just like, Wiz, yeah, of course. And he's like, okay, you know what? This seems, this seems reasonable. Wiz is and legitimately Wiz is terrified right now. Right. And, like, Wedge's response is just, I'm not an Ewok, so I don't know. <laughs> He's not going to shame what the Ewok's into. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wiz, the dutiful lieutenant, does what's requested and walks into the room naked and covered in compost. (laughs) He sees Ketch and goes and grabs him, but realizes it's not the real Ketch. It's the fake stuffed one. He then notices the room in front of him is filled with the other wraiths. He tries to back up to the door he came in, but it's closed and won't open. He sneaks the next closest door, close to Piggy, Kel, and Tyria, but that one's locked too, and he only has one option. And as he reaches and opens it, it reveals Wedge in full uniform. <laughs> Wedge yells at the race for attention, all of them now facing Wiz's bare backside as he holds Ketch protectively in front of him. Wedge remarks that, Lieutenant Jensen, you're out of uniform, and that wearing an Ewok as a swimsuit is a felony in some worlds. Yes. Wiz can only comment that he's been so set up. (laughs) I'm glad Wiz finally figured that out. (laughs) It took him long enough. Buddy. Shala comes and drapes a cloak over him, flight suit orange, with the words Yub Yub Commander stenciled onto the back. She goes the extra mile and whispers to him that he has a nice rear, and he thanks her for noticing. <laughs> if it was anyone else, they'd be like totally speechless at this point, but Wiz is just such a good sport that he's just he's so rolling good. with it. Yeah. He's the only one that would be like, you know what? I deserve this. I do have a great behind. Thank you. Thank you for noticing, Shala. (laughs) I do a lot of squats. I've been working on it. This is revenge for the bet about Wedge for not speaking Wookiee, as well as the Ketch antics on Hawkbat base. Wedge had known that Ketch only started up, only started showing up after Wiz came back from Coruscant. He then had a tracking device sewn into Ketch, and so he always knew whenever Wiz was the one to move him around. Squeaky was inside the Ewok crate, and Dia was the sound of Ewoks running, and the one who poured cleaning solution all over them. Wiz asks if his punishment is over now, now that he concedes revenge is not below a hero of the New Republic. (laughs) Wedge answers that tonight they celebrate, and tomorrow he decide whether or not to release the hollows of Wedge's Wedge's of Wiz's <laughs> fine eyes. That's a ship name, Wedge. Wedge, I'm Widge. into it. <laughs> Min, of course, leans in to remind Wiz that a wise man once told him one cannot look dignified while one is having fun. Wiz says if he knew who that wise man was, he'd shoot him. <laughs> This was so excellent. Such good payoff. So good. My favorite part is that this is actually not the end of the saga of Lieutenant Ketch. Oh my god, I'm so glad you did that. Good. You think it's over, but it's not. (laughs) 
I am kind of sad that Culkin isn't there anymore. But I also do think that Tycho actually did raid an exotic pet seller and set them all free. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Every lie works best with a little bit of truth. And that's it's true. That was the truth. <laughs> Where's that fanfic at? <laughs> if it's not there, I'll write it. Okay. It's, Min shows up at it's the briefing. Somewhere. It's somewhere. <laughs> Nancy probably wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Min shows up at the briefing the next morning. He's not on active duty, but he volunteers to go with them in the falsehood as an extra help with the guns. Wedge says he can sit in and he'll decide later if he's allowed to come. They're going to Comkin 5, oh no, on a falsehood run. They've made a few modifications to the falsehood and the race will be escorting them this time. This can only end well. Super well. The most well. Melvar comes by Laura's station and tells her that Baron Fell would like to see her fly. Broadax Squadron is a pilot light, so she agrees, pretending to be pleased, but really she hopes that she's super wrong and will not be facing her former squad mates. Min, allowed to come on the mission, came up with the new race squadron slogan, which is, pretty, what do we blow up first? Okay, <laughs> I legit, when I first read that slogan, thought it said petty. Blow up first, and I was like, "That's Rogue Pod's new slogan." Oh yeah, absolutely. It's still Rogue Pod's new. We should slogan. probably put that on a T-shirt. Um, petty. What do we blow up first? <laughs> if I was into text tattoos, I would definitely do that. The falsehood. Let's see. Nope. Lara has been hard at work inside her tie. She's rigging something with her data pad that will put her one step closer to destroying Iron Fist if she's successful. The falsehood has been kept waiting too long. They know they've been figured out, and as they are given landing clearance, a squad of ties show up. They call in the rates, and they're 3.5 minutes out. The falsehood can survive the battering for 1.5 minutes. But then the reprisal drops out of hyperspace in their escape route with two squadrons of interceptors. Dun dun dun. That's how the chapter ends. I can't believe they're going to kill Wedge. They're definitely going to kill Wedge. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Bad news all around. Bad news, boys. Should we do some listener responses? Yes. Let's do it. Last week we asked, pick a rogue or wraith and write a 12-word pickup line for them. We did not go last week. Who wants I to go did. first? I went last Meg week. went last week. Danny? What was yours, Meg? Uh, it was definitely about corn thing about his dad. I do not yeah. remember what. It was, okay, but it was very good. So it was my good. my pickup line is for Oral. <laughs> yeah. And if I met Oral at a bar and was trying to pick up Oral, I would say, <laughs> "That's not how this works." <laughs> no, I love that this is what he came this up with. Good. This is good. This is good. Wait, what? What do you mean? No, it's no, the opposite way. Anyway, go on. Isn't it? How would you pick up one of the no? Rogues it's, of the wraith? If you were the rogue or the wraith, how would you pick someone up? Oh, that ruins, that ruins uh, everything. I think that can be read both ways. But you're no, fine. Really, Just keep going. I really like that Danny's like, let me hit on Oral for a minute. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm also really into that, so go on. My pickup line for Oral is, you will be using first-person pronouns after one night with me. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Nice. Wow. That's good. That's spicy. That's really good. Seth? Okay. So mine, mine is Wedge picking someone up, and it's, are you a married woman? Because I'd like to ask you up. 
<laughs> very wedge. good. Very good. Poor Wedge. I picked Tycho, obviously. And Tycho's pickup line is literally, is your name Heath? I'm only interested if your name is Heath. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, sorry. Mine was, sorry I can't sleep with you. I'm thinking about my dad. Oh, uh, <laughs> so Yes. Oh, I did this incorrectly. Yep. <laughs> Danny, you'll so typical. After you shamed someone on Twitter for doing it incorrectly, let's be clear. <laughs> okay, at least hard. mine had 12 words. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. All right. For our actual listeners, Dinner Leader said for Shala, the pickup line would be, how would you like me to beat the hell out of you? Oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Into it. Um, Sarah wrote two pickup lines for Wiz Jensen, and they were, were number one, I'm so amazing, I built a fort out of commendations for bravery. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and then the second one is, you walk to say yub yub to some rub-a-dub baby. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, dear. That's spicy. Oh, that is How many times has Wiz been slapped? <laughs> Spicy. So more times than he's almost died. That's for sure. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Tom the fanboy sent us one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine responses. So. Oh my gosh. Let's go through them. And he did the same thing Danny did, where he was imagining that he would be picking up, um, these squad members. So to pick up Piggy, you would say. Growing up, my mama always said to eat my greens. If those vegetables looked as good as you, I would have. (laughs) It would have been way worse if it just ended at eat my greens. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So much worse. To pick up Min, gee, I wish someone in a fedora could explain to me why I should date them. Sigh. (laughs) (laughs) To pick up Wedge, Rolaren, oh, I'm sorry, it's just that you look just like my dead husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's so rude. That's rough. So accurate. <laughs> to pick up face, I'm producing a hollow called Springtime for Palpatine. <laughs> Would you come back to my place and read the script? <laughs> oh my gosh. To pick up Broar, yo, loser, I bet I can kiss you better than you can kiss me. Oh, oh that's so good. <laughs> something that bro just says to Corin. <laughs> yeah. Yo. So Yo, Corin. Let's see who can kiss better. <laughs> oh my gosh, that 100% happened. And 100% happened. <laughs> to pick up a run. Seth, will you read this one? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Holding up a hand, palm flat with a sugar cube in the middle. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> How are you so good at that? It's a, I, like, I such, it is such a, a hidden talent. It's such a hidden it's talent. So uncanny. My only friends as a child were the animals on our farm. I'll just put it that way. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> to pick up Tycho. How about we go back to my place for some history of Alderaan holos and chill? Yes. <laughs> 100%. Yes. That's so you. I'm so into it. 
to pick up Wiz, I want you to tie me up like an ad at and show me how good of a shot you are. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. That hits my buttons for sure. <laughs> oh. And finally, to pick up Ketch. Hey, Wiz, where's Ketch? I need him for something. Hashtag <laughs> not something with chopper sounds. Oh, no. <laughs> I like that because I think that he's saying he just actually wants to pick up Ketch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah like, literally. So. He just like, wants to pick him like up. I just, I just, <laughs> he just wants to hug hold him. Ketch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He just wants to snuggle with Ketch. Right. Well, I just like, I actually quite enjoyed flying with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mika said, this is from M-Tray, talk dirty to me and I will show you my secret identity. He's obviously winking while saying it. Obviously. You skipped one. Oh. Oh, I did. I did. I did. And this one's excellent. This one is also Mika, so it's okay. Yeah. This is Mika's second response. It's from Grindr. I'm an expert in human physiology, if you know what I mean. They're and so then good. Mika clarified that other species can be inserted where, whenever needed. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he so if Corrin wanted to say space otter, for example. Yes. 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 He's an expert in space otter physiology. Wink wonk. Raising Fangirl said, this is for any race or rogue. Hey babe, let's make out. Cornhorn is my best friend. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Would not make out. Nope. <laughs> no, would, that would... Would run far, far away. Nancy sent a few responses. First is, hi, my name's Corn Horn. Would you like to see my astromech? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's a good euphemism right there. Then, hi, I'm Min, and I'm dead inside. Do you need a hug? <laughs> oh. I that would work on Saf. <laughs> sure hey! <laughs> Are you denying it, Saf? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Next, I'm Kel, and much less obnoxious since I'm no longer the protagonist. Hi, Kel. <laughs> it worked. And, oh, did I accidentally copy something twice? I think I did. Yeah. Who's, who's is that? Um, I can check real quick. Hang on. I think it's Nancy's. Yeah, I think so. It goes yeah. along with the pattern. Uh, Thorough fact-checking, he. Yep. It is Nancy's. And Nancy's last response was, It's nice to meet you. My name's Laura Nostal. Or is it? (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. is it? Amy also sent us a few responses. Um, For Oral, it's, Let Oral show you colors of the rainbow you can't even see. Oh my gosh! (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. For Corin, it's, I sense a disturbance in the force. It's me and my dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For Tan and Face, it's up there again. It's up there again. It's up there again. <laughs> oh, my God. Amy, you're fired. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one's really good. Nick... <laughs> This one's. I thought this one was so funny because it's just like, it's so succinct and to the point. For Wedge, it's a four-word pickup line. Are you a widow? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he has a type. (laughs) He's such a type. Uh, 
News of the Galaxy said, Hi, I'm Corin. I have daddy issues. How you doing, Slender Woman? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just summing up the entirety of Rogue's Quadrant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. And then sent another one that just said, Look at my face. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 would work on me. <laughs> yep. Hassan said, Hi, I'm Wedge. What's your name? Want to spend some time? Also, would say yes. very mysterious. <laughs> that that would make me curious. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd do be like, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I I do. Brian sent one for Wedge, and it was, "Have you recently lost a husband who will definitely not come back?" Finger gun. <laughs> <laughs> Renderson sent one for Laura, and it was. I can I can be whoever you want me to be, including your nemesis. Whoa! Oh, Laura. J, J, <laughs> J sent one for Wedge. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Did you know that I can hop on my one transparent steel leg? No. <laughs> Jay! Jay! I didn't know you had this in you. <laughs> That's oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, and Ian Miller sent one for Riv, and it's, "Hey, He's do you want to go? Do you want to go attack Higher Moff Mantuin Mantuin the Third together?" I miss oh. you, Riv. Miss Rest Riv. in peace. Oh, rip, Riv. And finally, Ben Warman wrote an entire fic it's based so on good. It's so the roads and race coming up with pickup lines, and it's so good. We'll put it in the show notes. There was one bit I wanted to just read. Let me see if I can find it. I have it open. Are you the anonymous Orox or the anonymous hyena? I'm the Orox. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, are you How guys you in the know? Google Doc? Because I can't see the Orox, so I assume that's me. Oh, okay. So you're a badger, Danny. Yes, anonymous badger. <laughs> Not so anonymous anymore. Um. Oh, God, I... Uh, where was it? Oh, an anonymous dolphin has appeared. No, I don't (laughs) want to be a dolphin! (laughs) Close it and come back in. (laughs) That's what she said. Wow. Oh. Yikes. (laughs) Look, just trying to kill the dead air here, okay? I know. (laughs) There was one bit I wanted to read, and I had it highlighted, but it's not highlighted anymore, and now I can't find it, obviously. But anyway, this fic... Ben wrote is amazing, so you should all go read it. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll tweet it, etc., etc., etc. Thank you, Ben. It's amazing. It's good. And I want to start the Glistening Bodie nominations by nominating Ben for Glistening Bodie for writing an entire fic. Yes, absolutely. I want to give Jay one. (laughs) Yeah, we lost Jay Jay there. We've officially converted Jay to the trash. Yeah. Right. He has yeah. fully leaned into Rogue Potter. Yep. I appreciate it. And I would like I want... to nominate uh, Tom the Fanboy and Nancy for some slightly smaller listening bodies just for their gusto this week. Yeah. For the <laughs> effort with the multiple yeah. responses. Agreed. Yep. I want to nominate Ian for a slightly smaller one just for bringing Riv back because it's yep. been a while. And for you, bringing Mantuin Mantuin back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our request. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. All right, listeners, this week, 
What other mysterious creatures did Tycho adopt from the animal rescue, and what does he do with them? Can we also take a week for this one? Yeah, I need time. Yeah, I want time, because okay. that seems like a fun one. <laughs> I might also do a fan art, so I need time. Good. Good. And I might do a Photoshop. Why don't I have creative talent? <laughs> you do, Seth! I don't understand what you just said. I meant, like, photoshopping. I can do both these things, I just don't want to. <laughs> I was like, wait, Seth, you can, though! <laughs> I'm just lazy. Okay, there. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Alright, listeners. <laughs> Hit us up with your answers to this week's question at Rogue Podron on Twitter. You can find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com email us roguepodron at gmail.com <laughs> subscribe via roguepodron on iTunes or the Far Far Away radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner and Google Play and we don't have an iTunes review this time but I'm being told to make one up which I'm not going to do but leave us a review and we'll read it out <laughs> live give us five stars <laughs> five stars you listen all the time especially when you're in the shower that's the kind of stuff we want to hear <laughs> Look, I just read what I'm getting. I can't believe you read that. It's such a Ron Burgundy move. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm sad. No. Go on. Take this away from me. Next time on Rogue Padron, X Wing Solo Command, chapters 13 through 15. And until then, this is Rogue Padron. Signing off. Hash out. Pew pew pew. Pew pew pew. Pew pew pew. Pew pew That was really cute. Yub yub. Not that. Yub yub. Rogue leader signing off. Rogue six signing off. Rogue seven signing off. Rogue three signing off. Oh, I'm so afraid of the recorder. Don't turn on the recorder. Oh, no, not the recorder. And as soon as the recorder goes on, the mocking (laughs) of Danny begins. (laughs) Meg, say some words. (laughs) The huge. The huge. Yeah, okay. Saf. Hi. I hate Hotmail so fucking much. (laughs) Why are you even on the Hotmail? (laughs) Why is it still exists? Oh, my God. I have an account that's supposed to forward to my Gmail account, and it just stopped. But it seems it's doing. Oh well, what God. do you even get to your Hotmail account? I I hate it's Pog so much. I haven't. Oh, hey, Neopet, just the word. MySpace crashed again. Furbies give me nightmares. I hate it. Okay, look, like my e- my library account and shit, like old stuff goes there. I don't want to lose Can't that. Can you stuff. just redo it? Can you believe that last episode of Doug? <laughs> so much. No, I can't, Danny. So mad about it. Uh, <laughs> Patty mayonnaise, man. Ugh. Patty was so ordinary. I don't think <laughs> 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 So mad. Oh, the of our Lord 2017. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> Oh my goodness. What? <laughs> Have we become? We are so on brand tonight. We are super on brand. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Doing something that isn't Rogue Padre. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. All right, let's do something that is Rogue Padre. All right.
<laughs> I mean, I guess. Maybe. While we're here. While we're here. Just real While quick. While we're here. Sorry, I was gathering listener responses. <laughs> Imagine, Did like, you just out in a field and, wait, <laughs> harvesting. Danny, Danny, Danny what? did you just write untitulated Han Solo film question? <laughs> no, did you? <laughs> the untitulated Han Solo film. That is, good. that is exactly how I'm referring it to. Referring to it from now on. Untitulated. 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 No. <laughs> <laughs>